everyone and welcome to a brand new season of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick and this is all about my journey of positive energy and scratch-made food. If you're a new listener, if this is your first time here, welcome. It is so, so amazing to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you so, so much for believing in me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me today. And I am not alone. I am so, so overjoyed to be joined by one of my favorite people on the entire planet. She is an absolute wonder and a joy. And I adore M from Verbal Diorama. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Hello, my darling. It's so great to be here. And your honey vocals are just the most delightful thing that I've heard today. I've been really really excited to do this for a long time em and i so we just recorded an episode for her show that's gonna come out you guys will be spammed to death with that whenever it does (laughs) but if you're not familiar with em can you take a moment and just let everybody that's listening to this know a little bit about what you and your show are all about i mean i'll be completely honest it's uh it's a podcast with a host that doesn't sound as wonderful as this podcast host sounds. And it's false. But it's not false, it's true. Um, But my podcast is Verbal Diorama. And basically what I like to do is I like to tell people all about the history and legacy of movies they know and movies they don't. I just basically like to do a little bit of a deep dive into all sorts of different movies, their production history, how they were made, how they came together, Because, let's be honest, no one sets out to make a bad movie. All movies are interesting and special in their own way. And I, like this podcast, like to be a little bit of a positive force. I like to spread a little bit of positivity about movies. And so, when Nick and I talked about doing something, it just seemed to fit really well. Because we are both incredibly positive people. And... I adore this man so completely. If he asked me to walk around the world buck naked, I mean, I probably wouldn't. But <laughs> I... I was going to say, because I'm, I'm 100% asking just because I need it to happen then. <laughs> I need it to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do that. But if you asked me to do anything else, then I probably would because I adore you. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's it's absolutely amazing to have you here. You can find M on social media at Verbal Diorama. All that stuff is going to be down in the show notes. But M is here because we're going to be talking about one. Okay, so childhood. You think about childhood. You think about food. You think about one of those things that you probably ate your body weight in and then some as a kid, as an adult. It's macaroni and cheese. Like how when you when you even think about taking a bite of macaroni and cheese and this is maybe something that you can share a little bit more about but when I think about taking a bite of macaroni and cheese I just kind of get 
this warm sensation all over. Like I kind of just feel it's comfort food heaven. I know I've used that phrase on this show before when talking about other things, but does comfort food get more comfortable than macaroni and cheese? No. <laughs> no. It really, it really genuinely doesn't. It's it's the one dish for me that when you said about coming on this podcast, it was the first thing that I came to. And it's the one dish that I can make for myself or that I will order at a restaurant. And I pretty much am guaranteed to enjoy it and, you know, get something out of it, you know, with all the different cheeses you can use, all mm. the different pastas you can use, the texture of the sauce like sometimes it can be really thick sometimes it can be just enough sauce to cover the pasta but ultimately it's just a wonderful cheesy hit of just pure unadulterated joy and I believe that the phrase that I used to you when I said that I wanted to do uh, mac and cheese uh, and you talked to me about the recipe and I said that I, <laughs> I said that I like my mac and cheese like I like my men, extra cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it's true. It's perfect. It's it, it's absolutely perfect. And there's so when you talk about food versatility, and and one of the things that I love to do on the show is think about how to build layers of flavor. I know I, I I've used that phrase to death. It seems. But macaroni and cheese is really one of those kinds of things where it's anything you want it to be, really. I have put so many different things into a mac and cheese before. I have used so many different kinds of cheese in a mac and cheese before. I will say this right off the bat, though. When you put your recipe to me, you put, well, in in, in the UK, I believe you call them crisps. Um, but in the States, we call yeah. them chips, like potato chips. Yeah on it never heard of that before ever and really the second i read it the second i read like i've heard breadcrumbs uh on top of or but never potato chips and it literally it opened and, and again i've if you're a long-time listener to this show like there are certain things i've come back to so many times and i talk about opening doors like in in terms of a culinary perspective on like holy cow, my mind is blown just thinking about that. I've never heard of it before, but now I'm like, oh my God, there are so many types of chips. And I'm just trying to think of all the different types of potato chips you could use on macaroni and cheese. My mind is <laughs> like, seriously, never, ever heard of that before. So where does that come from specifically? Is that like, just like, is it a family handed down kind of thing? Is that just a UK thing? To be honest, I don't know anyone else who does that. Like, I can't say that I went to a restaurant and they did that because let's be honest, a restaurant is not going to crush up a load of crisps and put them on top of a, a macaroni and cheese. The idea actually came from uh, an ex of mine who specifically did that with any sort of pasta dish that you put into the oven. So if it's just a a normal like tomato-based pasta bake. You you prepare your pasta, you prepare your sauce, and then when it goes into the oven, you might put some cheese on top and then he would crush up some crisps or potato chips, as you would call them, 
And it was always like a specific brand. So in the UK, we call them walkers. In the US, they are lays. Mm. So it would be like uh, walkers, ready salted crisps. You'd basically put them in a bag. You'd get a rolling pin, crush them till they're... So they're, they're not completely fine. So they've still got a little edge to them, mm-hmm. but they're quite small. It's almost consistency of um, rough breadcrumbs. Yeah. And yeah, he would he would put them on the top and then you'd have it would come out of the oven, the cheese would melt obviously, but you'd have this lovely salted crunchy topping. And when you obviously are talking about mac and cheese specifically, cheese can kind of sometimes be a little bit salty. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to obviously oversalt anything. You don't want to put too much salt with your seasoning. So technically, you could possibly get away with not seasoning with salt, sort of the main dish. I, I'm i quite bad. I quite, I quite like a lot of salt, which I know is terrible. I know it's really bad. I know you shouldn't say that you like a lot of salt, but I I love salty food. So I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's really bad for you. It's really bad for you people. But yeah, and it, it just kind of transpired from that. And then I started doing it. And you're right. When you said earlier about breadcrumbs, I do think the majority of people use breadcrumbs and I've used breadcrumbs in the past, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It gives you that crunchiness that you really need, especially when your mac and cheese is quite gloopy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is probably the best term. But if, it, if it's quite liquid, it's nice to have that crunch. Yeah. But nothing beats the salty crunch of ready-salted Walker's crisps on top. I guarantee you. That's mind-blowing to me, and that's why I love <laughs> talking about food. That's why I love doing this show so much because the more I walk out there into scratch made food, the more I delve into it. And the more I talk to people about what they do with food, the more it helps to kind of open my mind up to the possibilities of food. Food is limitless in terms of possibility, limitless. And that's what I love. I mean, I love to eat anyway, but it's, I love more food's potential and that's what that's what you've done here is you've opened my mind to so much more potential. Why did I never think of that? And that's what it always is too. When I think about food, it's like, Nick, how could you never think of that? It's brilliant. It's so good. I love it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I would love to say that it was my idea and I feel like now oh, uh, I idea. want to go back and nope. and delete the comment that I said it was an ex-boyfriend. It was actually me. Uh, it's my idea. Yep. <laughs> it came from me. I just thought of it one day. But it came to um, it came to me from you and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's that's literally yeah. the only thing that matters is you you brought it to me and Honestly, like it, the the tough thing when I make this dish, the tough thing is going to be deciding what type of chip to use. That's going to be the biggest because I'm going to be like, uh, like I could just use normal Lay's. I could use this. I could use. I'm going to be like, I'll be in the chip aisle for an hour and be like, I'm paralyzed <laughs> with indecision right now. <laughs> we spoke before we started recording. And you said about how you weren't going to be cooking, uh, that you would be doing it after. And I said about how gutted I was. I mean, to be honest, with, with the power of hindsight, it's probably a good thing because if you were cooking it right now, I probably wouldn't be able to speak because I would be salivating at the thought. But <laughs> I will say that we we have spoken about the fact that I, I am planning to visit the States once it's safe to do so. 
And we have spoken that if you make this mac and cheese your way or my way, actually, so to speak, um, and you enjoy it, then when I do eventually come over to the States, that is what I am wanting from you. <laughs> it's for you to make me a mac and cheese. <laughs> That's literally all I want from you. Here's We're going to have to hang are out. Are you ready for the most perfect segue of all time? Okay. Go for it. To transition from food in the future to food in the past, this is the dish you picked to talk about. Where is this rooted? Like, do you remember this as like, is this like a childhood thing? Do you remember eating this as a kid and it's just like something you've always loved? Or did that not really happen until you hit adulthood? Or has that evolved? Like, tell me a little bit about your history. The history and legacy of macaroni and cheese with M. (laughs) The history and legacy of mac and cheese you know and mac and cheese you don't. When I was a kid, I basically grew up in a family that... Let's just say my mum and dad, they always worked really hard, but times were tough. This was like the mid to late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, that wasn't a particularly brilliant time here in the UK. Uh, There was all sorts of job cuts and everything like that. And I know my dad at the time would work nights, he'd work weekends. So my dad was away a lot, you know, literally just to provide for me and my brother. And then my sister arrived in 1989. So I always remember a lot of the time we spent at home was with my mum. And my mum was made the, the, the sole caregiver, basically, in, in many senses, in that dad, my dad was around and he would obviously be at work quite a lot um, because he had to. And then obviously when he came home, he was obviously normally quite tired. And so... Mum was always the primary caregiver and mum was the one who always cooked the dinners. And it was a very kind of traditional family setup in that regard, in that dad was the breadwinner and mum was at home with us kids. And mac and cheese was always something that my mum used to cook. It was a very different version of mac and cheese to the version that we know and the version that I now cook today. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I'm still not entirely certain how my mum does mac and cheese. She would use macaroni... And she would have cheese on the top. And I should have asked her, really, um, before I came on, and I didn't think to. But (laughs) it wasn't like macaroni in a sauce. It was macaroni in a concoction that was almost like solid, (laughs) which sounds terrible. It sounds like it wasn't edible. It was edible. And we used to love it. So we basically chop, chop it up. And we basically eat it with tomato sauce or tomato ketchup. I know this sounds gross. I can see by the look on your no, face that no, you are I'm, just like, what is she talking I'm, about? I'm here for it. But yeah, so we had tomato ketchup. And obviously at the time, you know, like I say, money was always a bit tight in my household growing up. So my mum did do a lot of meals that she could do in bulk you know, meals with lots of potatoes, you know, lots of things that you could fill out, lots of pasta, because obviously it was all cheap and it was easy to find. And ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, us kids were getting a good meal at the end of the day. So that macaroni and cheese is not something that I cook for myself now mm-hmm. because it's, it is a little bit odd. I don't, <laughs> I honestly, I feel like where, because my mum, got a lot of her recipes from her Mm mum. And I don't think this was anything that my grandma (laughs) ever cooked. (laughs) So it was very different. And with 
you know, I like I say, I should have probably asked her, but I didn't ask her exactly the recipe. Um, I mean, I think it would have been fun if you could have made my mum's recipe as well. <laughs> Tasted that with tomato ketchup. Listen, um, I can. There, there is nothing. <laughs> there is nothing in the world. Actually, like I could have you record. You like, can get my mum on. Uh, perfect. <laughs> I will just tell her, uh, like, uh, all of my M stories be like, you would not believe the things that this girl says. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe that you're threatening to tell tell on I'm me to, tell to my your mother. Mom. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> Somehow I don't um, feel like she would be surprised, though. No, yeah. no. I mean, my, my mom knows that I'm a bit weird, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that. But. <laughs> So that was that was something that I ate quite often as a kid. And it was one of the things that I really, really liked. Like there was a lot of food that I wasn't wasn't particularly keen on growing up. But I always liked mac and cheese. But then I had mac and cheese like in a restaurant or something, and I was like, this is nothing like the way my mum makes mm-hmm. it. Like, this is weird, but it's tasty. And it's cheesy and it's gloopy and it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Then I started making mac and cheese the way that you're supposed to make mac and cheese, mm-hmm. you know, with a, a proper like cheese sauce. It's really interesting, actually, because is cauliflower cheese a thing in the US? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So mum always made a really good cauliflower cheese, mm-hmm. but the macaroni and cheese was just a completely different recipe. I don't know what's in it, but ultimately it was cheesy. So it was just not a gloopy sauce. It was more of a solid sauce with macaroni in it. Oh my God, I'm not, I'm seriously not selling this. I'm so sorry, mum, if you are listening. I did like your macaroni and cheese, I promise. Um, But I'm just not selling it very well on this podcast. So yeah, I realised that macaroni and cheese didn't actually taste like that or you know, the, the generic version of macaroni and cheese was completely different. It was a different type of sauce. It tasted different. And so then I realised that there are all these other types of macaroni and cheese. You can do different sauces. You can use different cheeses. You can even buy sauces, uh, you know, jars and tubs of sauce if you want, mm-hmm. which are actually super easy, to be fair. I mean, it's not difficult to make a cheese sauce, but if you need to use a, a jar of sauce, then... If you need to do it, then do it. I know that's not the mantra of your podcast, and I'm so sorry. I know you're all about everything from scratch, but... No, I mean, I I am a man who often, you know, especially in my youth, like, I always rocked the blue box. You know, I uh, have eaten well more than my body weight in Kraft macaroni and cheese uh, since childhood. And even, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like, if that's all you have and if that's what you enjoy then food always to me, like always, always, always is something to be celebrated in your own individual way. If you make it this way, if you do this thing this way, that's amazing. However you make food, whatever your journey is, whatever you love to put in your food, I always love that people love food. I love food so much. I always love seeing people enjoy food there's there's nothing in the world quite like taking that that first bite of it how often do you rock a mac and cheese is it like only once a year or do you do it like every month every day probably would be bad but (laughs) (laughs) i i can guarantee you i don't do it every day mainly because obviously running a podcast is 
quite time consuming. I wish I had time to make a mac and cheese from scratch every day. Mm-hmm. Every couple of months or so, mm-hmm. I will make a mac and cheese because it's one of those dishes that I can make. I can make a large dish of mac and cheese. I can eat some that night. I can cover the rest up. I can put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Then I can have it for lunch the next day or for dinner the next day. It will keep for a period of time. Obviously, you know, don't keep it in the fridge for months and months. But yeah, don't it's do one that. of those that <laughs> you can... And then to reheat it, it's so simple because you just take the mac and cheese that's there, you put it in a dish, you could put, just put a little bit of milk mm-hmm. and just, you know, just so it's got some liquid, put it in the microwave and then it comes out and it's, it's like it's just been cooked, mm-hmm. pretty much. It's just a really great thing, especially if you don't have much time. It's just really easy to make at the weekend. And then you could just put it in the fridge and just take it when you need it. Yeah. It's such a versatile dish, and that's why I really love it. You know, you could you could serve it for yourself. You could serve it at a party. It's always a winner. It's a crowd pleaser. It, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It absolutely is. There's a point of contention that I have with mac and cheese, and it's baking mac and cheese. So whenever I have a guest on table for two, my goal is to make the dish as close to their way as possible so I can understand what it is that you love about it and try to connect with you a little bit more through food in that way. So I am going to bake mac and cheese for probably the first time in almost forever, if ever. Have I ever even? I don't think I've ever even baked it before myself because I don't like to recook food. Once you make macaroni and cheese with the cheese sauce and you cook your pasta, you get it all mixed together. Like it's already done at that point to me. And I've never had a good baked macaroni and cheese ever. Like to me, it always tastes really, really dried out. Something about it just isn't the best. But I think... Number one, you make a scratch cheese sauce when you make this, which I loved when you sent me the recipe for this. And like, just I I feel like like adding that extra salty element of the crisps on top, I feel like could actually kind of infuse it with something different uh, that maybe I'm not familiar with. So I'm I'm really really eager to try this, but generally it's always been one of my hugest no nos in the kitchen to ever bake macaroni and cheese because to me like i've and that's probably just me always having bad experiences with it that's really interesting because i've never not baked mac and cheese i always bake it i always put it in the oven Hmm. even though you've cooked your cheese sauce and you've cooked your pasta it's that coming together of the two and it's mainly to be honest the baking part is mainly for the cheese on top Mm -hmm. for me it's to get that that nice kind of bubbly cheese on the top, which you wouldn't be able to get if you just, you know, if you combine the sauce and the the macaroni, mm-hmm. you put cheese on top, it will melt, but it wouldn't get to that bubbling kind of point. It'll just all and then blend in, yeah. Exactly. And then you put the crisps on top, mm-hmm. and because the, the, the crisps kind of almost go into the cheese a little bit and it forms a little crust, Mm. Um, so then when you cut into it, you've got the a crunchy crust. And then I appreciate what you're saying with you don't want a dry base. Mm-hmm. And I think the way to get around that is to have maybe a disproportionately large amount of sauce to macaroni ratio mm-hmm. so that the sauce can kind of, you know, stay there and stay thick. Mm-hmm. And it's not kind of burning away 
too much, if you know what I mean. So then when you put it into the oven and you get that kind of crispy top, you cut through it. Mm -hmm. And ideally, what I'm hoping is you get that moment. If you cut through, you get that crunch Mm -hmm. as your knife goes through. And then it just kind of melts into this like cheesy pasta sauce. That is the goal. Mm. That is the ultimate aim. And I swear, I swear to you, even the idea of like serving this dish there's like there's almost like an erotically charged feeling about it in a sense that you 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 have seriously you have this kind of crunch and then it's all like smooth and velvety mm. sauce and then you know as you serve it it kind of spills out on the plate a little bit it's it's a damn sexy dish mm-hmm. damn sexy that is the way that is the way to a woman's heart is to serve her a really good <laughs> sexy mac and cheese <laughs> everyone this is nick in the future long 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 after this interview was recorded and i didn't want to make you guys or m because i know she's listening right now wait until the end of the episode to talk about what i did when i made this version now uh, having now done this and i've played with this table for two format a few different ways i've decided i don't like doing it this way so uh in the future whenever you hear this kind of an episode i want to have made it so i can talk about the guest with it live on the air i really wish i had done that and now i almost kind of just want to do a follow-up episode with M to talk about it M, get me your mom's mac and cheese recipe and we'll do like a little quick bite follow-up and we can talk about my mac and cheese experience with with your recipe or at least we can call it a recipe. <laughs> we could call it a recipe because I asked M, and you guys will see this in the show notes. I did paste exactly word for word what she sent me when I asked her what her mac and cheese recipe was. There's no amounts. There's no uh, like real like. There's no in, in, in indi- indication whatsoever of any kind of amounts or anything. So basically what I did is I took my basic mac and cheese recipe. You can get that whole recipe over on my Patreon if you'd like. But I took that whole recipe and I took her recipe side by side of it and kind of transposed the amounts and and then, you know, kind of guessed at what I thought would work really, really well in this dish. Uh, Very, very broadly speaking, turned out absolutely amazing but i want to break down the recipe for you guys really quickly and then we're going to get into how i made it so to make mac and cheese orama as i'm calling it you're going to need four tablespoons of unsalted butter that is a half a stick four tablespoons of flour two 12 ounce cans of evaporated whole milk a half of a large onion chopped 10 cloves of garlic finely chopped two tablespoons of brown sugar, salt to taste, one tablespoon of cracked black pepper, one tablespoon of turmeric, one teaspoon of paprika, a half of a teaspoon of allspice, some olive oil, 16 ounces of freshly shredded or cubed cheddar cheese. I always cube. I never freshly shred because oh, I'm like your arm just is dead after you shred a whole pound of cheese. 
one pound of small pasta shells or pasta of your preference. Doesn't have to be shells, but I really love shells. Just something about shells and cheese to me is like, yeah, shells and cheese. Then you're going to need a half a cup of crushed potato chips. This is your choice. In the episode, as you heard, M recommended Lay's, just normal salted Lay's potato chips if you're here in the States. And I actually went out and got four different varieties because I made them in my little cocottes, which I also sent some of the little cocottes to M so she could make up some different things and experiment with some different things. And I hope she gets a lot of really, really amazing use out of them. But yeah, I went with sour cream and onion chips for Avery. I went with Wegmans root chips. It's those root vegetable chips. I went with those on one of mine. I did flaming hot Doritos on another one. And Rebecca really likes corn chips. So we did some corn chips on top of hers. And then you're going to need two cups of shredded mozzarella cheese. So you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Add your olive oil to a large stock pot or Dutch oven at medium heat. Add your onions and a sprinkle of salt. Begin sweating them down. Once they start to get translucent, whoop, eat that brown sugar right into the pot. Stir that up, reduce the heat to low, and cover it. Let those saute for 15 to 20 minutes until they are nicely browned and softened. You're going to have some nice, beautiful, translucent sweet onions now. So once you're done with this, remove the cover and add your garlic. Stir this for just a minute. Cook it until it's kind of nicely perfumed through everything. And then you're going to add your flour and cook this together for a minute, stirring it together until a paste forms. It's going to get very foamy. The whole pot's going to get very foamy and you need to cook this for about a minute or so to really just kind of cook out that floweriness. Then you're going to add your paprika, turmeric, and black pepper. Stir that in to combine it. Then you're going to add your evaporated milk in here and stir to combine that. Turn your heat back up to medium here and keep cooking this until it forms a nice thick roux. Now you've got your base. You know what time it is. Kick this off of the heat. Chuck your cheese and butter in there. Stir it to combine it. There should be more than enough heat in the roux to melt everything. Just give it some time. Just be patient with it. But if you want to, you can add it back on the heat kind of intermittently to add a little bit of extra heat to it. In the meantime, in another pot, boil your pasta in well-salted water. You want to cook this just under al dente. So if it's al dente in eight minutes, you're going to want to cook it for, say, six to seven because it's going to finish in the oven in the sauce. Once your pasta is kind of your desired softness, strain it out, chuck it in with your cheese sauce mixture, assuming the pan's big enough. <laughs> then you're going to mix all that together and combine it. And then if you have like little cocottes, minor 12 ounce little cocottes, they are perfect. They are amazing. I love them so much. And I got to do the little individual serving dishes and it was kind of amazing. But if you don't have that, just do a nine by 13. It's perfectly fine. Okay, and then you're going to top it with your mozzarella cheese first and then your crushed potato chips right over the top. Bake it for 30 minutes until the cheese is hot and bubbly and you're going to serve this immediately. Now, this will yield about eight cups. And <laughs> so here's the kicker. And Em and I have already talked about this in the episode, but uh, yeah, 729 calories for a cup of it without the chips, <laughs> without yeah, it's going to vary depending on what types of chips you choose. So make sure that you keep that in mind as well. I mean, you're talking all the cheddar cheese in here, uh, like everything else, and then the mozzarella on top of it. Yeah, so this one's decadent. So maybe limit yourself to like a half a cup of this kind of at a time. So I talked about this with M, and I don't bake mac and cheese. I find it redundant to cook food twice. Uh, so I have never had a good baked macaroni and cheese dish. A lot of the times I've ever had them, they are very bland. They are very, very dry, like exceptionally dry and exceptionally goopy and paste-like. And 
I got to say it just now because I know she's chomping at the bit. Nick, tell me what you thought of it. I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. I promise you I didn't. Maybe those uh, chips and the mozzarella cheese really seal everything in there. What I really think it is, because I've never baked a macaroni and cheese, or if I have, it's been an eternity, but I had never, ever actually known that you were supposed to kind of undercook it a little bit, but that makes perfect sense. Of course, you're supposed to undercook it a little bit because you want it to finish in the sauce in the oven. What I bet... Probably my mistake was at one point in time, and probably the mistake a lot of other people make is they cook the pasta until it's like really soft, like way past al dente, and then chuck it into the oven for 30 minutes. And of course, it's going to just kind of turn into gloop at that point. So you need to make sure that you're cooking your pasta, like again, less than al dente, a minute or two less than the al dente time, take it out. The mac and cheese inside was still nice and creamy. The pasta was perfect. And the chips on the top, so the chips on the top actually added, again, depending on the flavor, and I didn't try either Avery's or Rebecca's, but I did try the two that I made for myself, and it definitely adds a much different element. I will say with the chips, doesn't reheat quite so well. You may, if you're not going to eat all this at once, maybe take the reheated portion, you know, uh, mix a little bit of milk with it, reheat it, get it nice and creamy, stir it all up, and then crush the chips over the top again because the chips just get soggy when you reheat it. So that's kind of the only caveat with this. But they did add like a really nice crunch factor on the top. I love the addition of that extra mozzarella cheese. It made it super extra cheesy. So honest to God, turned out absolutely fantastic. I had M, I had baked macaroni and cheese, that was wonderful. And it's all because of you. So I have to thank you so much for that. I will, however, say I still don't see a need for it because once I finished the cheese sauce and I finished the pasta, chuck the pasta into the cheese sauce, it was perfect. I could have devoured that whole bowl of it right there. And then I had to put it in the oven and bake it and then wait 30 minutes to bake. And then another probably 10 minutes for it to cool down enough to be able to eat it. I still don't get the point of double cooking it. So what I think you could do, I think a nice compromise, if you still want something like a nice melty mozzarella crust on the top with the chips, and even if you just use normal panko or whatever, you could do one of two things. You could toast the chips yourself and just crush them up over the top of just normal mac and cheese. Or because of the mozzarella, you've got to melt that stick it in a baking dish, especially like the little cocos would be perfect for it, and just blitz them under the broiler for a couple minutes until the cheese is nice and melted. The chips are already cooked, so basically you're just kind of getting, you know, a little bit of a toastiness on them. I don't see any difference between like just baking it for 30 minutes or just letting everything on top kind of crunch up. But that's just me. That's just me. Uh, I haven't tried it that way, so I don't know 100% how well that would work. So I can't really speak to that. But I just wanted to jump in here and I wanted to break down the recipe for everybody that might be wanting to know what it was. The entire breakdown, of course, will be down in the show notes. M, you're just amazing. You're an absolute treasure. Make sure you guys go to the show notes as well and click on the link for the episode that I did with her on Anchorman, The Legend of Rod Burgundy. That is already out. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go listen to that as well. It was such an amazing time, such a fun time to talk to her about, you know, whether or not the comedy in that movie really holds up. So, yeah. Uh, We're going to play a little bit more music here and then back to the interview with M. We had such an amazing discussion. And if you guys want the full discussion that I had with her, make sure you head over to Patreon and sign up for that. Thanks.
want to segue away from mac and cheese a little bit and i want to talk about them okay and i want to talk about okay. verbal diorama and the first the first question and it's one of the questions i love to ask content creators and podcasters like what is the most rewarding thing about doing your show honestly for me the most rewarding thing is doing things like this i have been in such a privileged position through verbal diorama to meet some wonderful wonderful people and to be able to converse with those people not just on social media and and, and stuff like that but to to guest on someone's podcast is is such an honor for me that i can actually speak to people people who've you know supported me it doesn't even matter if they've not supported me since day one they could have literally just met the person but i have found through podcasting so much confidence in myself and my abilities it's something that i've always really struggled with it's not something that i do for people to say oh my god you're so great or anything like that uh, although i mean don't don't get me wrong that is nice but it's the fact that it's kind of opened all these doors it's given me so many opportunities to do other things to do to do writing work as well which is something that i also do but mainly just to get to know people and to have experiences of through movies with people has genuinely been literally one of the highlights of my life and if podcasting stopped tomorrow and trust me it's not going to because i'm in this for the long haul but if it did then i have met some amazing people i've got to guest on some amazing podcasts i've had some amazing people guest on my podcast and i'm i'm just so grateful for it all because doing podcasting at this time you know with coronavirus and everything like that and especially for someone like me living alone with a cat uh she will be very upset if i don't mention shout that. out jess, Hi, jess. <laughs> shout out jess it's been really tough to be in a situation where you live alone and you've had to be isolated from people so I've kind of took the whole podcasting thing as a bit of a blessing, really. I value so many amazing podcast creators and YouTubers and all of that sort of stuff. Everyone who's kind of doing the do, doing the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition. It's it's all about kind of building each other up. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I've met you mm. because you have literally been the most wonderful, amazing person. You gave me an hour on live stream for the cure <laughs> i was just like Whoa, which oh was God, amazing and just to sit there and talk to you and to raise money for charity with you was just such a, an absolute joy that was the first time i was ever on camera and i've never been on camera since <laughs> um but it was it was a big deal for me genuinely to to be on the live stream so you know it couldn't be edited it was all live um, I was really nervous, um, but you just put me at ease straight away. You, you were so kind and so lovely. It. You and were so amazing. And I, I just genuinely, I genuinely think you are one of the most amazing people ever. And mm. yeah, that that is why that is what I love so much. It's meeting people like you, and um, I'm so happy to be here. And, <laughs> and I love you so much. I'm, That's all I wanted to say. It's amazing. It's so amazing to have you here too. I could not answer that better. Like if that question were bounced back at me, like it's, I get to have conversations regularly 
with people from all over the world. Just absolutely incredible people just like you that live in places that I've never been, you know, and, you know, God willing, mm -hmm. one day we'll get to visit and we'll get to see, but, you know, places that I've never been who have had completely different lives and so many different experiences, but then we're able to connect and share the things that we're able to share, like our love of the mummy or our love of I mac know. and cheese or my I hatred know. of Endgame. Oh. Your hatred of Napoleon Dynamite, you know, like just, but we're able to connect and we're, we're able to do yeah. like, I, I don't like before I started podcasting, like I couldn't say I have friends that live in the UK. I have friends that live in Australia or anything like that. And now I do. Now I know people literally yeah. all over the world and I'm so I'm so grateful for that, like all the time. That's why I love doing this so much, like sitting here doing this, like getting to talk to you. I mean, besides the fact that you're just amazing anyway, but the fact that like you're sitting in your home in the UK and I'm sitting here in Ithaca and we're talking like that's everything to me. I love it so, so much. So thank you for being here. Isn't it here. just the most amazing thing? It really, thank really you. is. I, I, yeah, this is a proper loving. This is it a is. genuine proper loving. This is two people who just adore each other, yeah. and I, I am here for it. <laughs> so I know, like, you're in the same boat as me, generally. You do have guests sometimes, but for the most part, you're a one-woman show, you know? Mm -hmm. So one question that I like to ask, especially somebody like you, because it, and I'm fascinated by answers to this question too. You have to do everything. Verbal diorama is 100%. It is you. Like you shoulder every single bit of it. Like when I did Epic Film Guys, like there was Justin, there was Loisos, and like there's all those other kind of different elements. You know, even though I handled the bulk of the workload, that show was never 100% me, you know, mm -hmm. but this show is 100% me. But if you could, one thing, one thing about verbal diorama, what's one <laughs> thing that you wish you could shove at somebody else and say, you do this, I don't want to do it. Oh my gosh. That's a really tough question. Because I am quite a notable control freak. <laughs> so the fact that I am in charge of everything means obviously I do everything. But it also means that I would I struggle to delegate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I would I would really struggle to delegate anything because I like stuff done in a certain way. I I sound like the worst boss ever. Literally, no one would ever work for me because <laughs> they they would never meet my uh, expectations. But if I could get rid of one thing, and I don't even think I'd really want to get rid of it because. I find it so fascinating. The thing that takes me the longest, which is probably research, mm -hmm. because Verbal Diorama is a very research-heavy show. Mm -hmm. I wish it was just a case of, oh, well, I'll just go on Wikipedia and copy and paste from there. It's it's not. <laughs> it's If that was the case, then my show would be so easy. <laughs> but... You know, newsflash, not everything is on Wikipedia. Second newsflash, not everything is correct on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, 
So it's it's one of those things where I always like to try and be as thorough and accurate as possible. And to be as thorough and accurate as possible, you need to do the work. Mm -hmm. You need to find the information. And more importantly, you need to be able to corroborate that information. So it's fine saying on Wikipedia that, oh, Keanu Reeves gained 200 pounds to make the Matrix, for example. I need to be able to corroborate that information. I mean, obviously, he didn't gain 200 pounds, by the way, because he's lovely. From from his Um, starting weight of negative 50. (laughs) And definitely that man is not 200 pounds. I then need to find, is that information true or not? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of, um, I don't want to even say the word, um, but there's a lot of false information. Let's say false information rather than the other word. False information on the internet. And I don't ever want to be in a situation where I've said something wrong on my show and then it's, I mean, it has happened. I've ha- and then I've corrected it in a future show and I'm just gone. Yeah, I apologize. I made a mistake mm-hmm. because you know, everyone's human. Sometimes I say the wrong thing yeah. um, and I don't mean to, but yeah, it's really important that the information in verbal diorama is as accurate as possible at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. So research takes a lot of time, but then saying that, I love researching. Mm -hmm. I love finding stuff out about movies. That's the whole reason I started the show in the first place, was because I love movie trivia. I love to know how things are made. I'm fascinated by how things come together. Even, you know, I started, I work in IT, and the reason I work in IT is because I started building computers when I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. because I was fascinated with how computers worked. How did they come together? How were they built? What components were in there? How do you put that component in there? All of that sort of stuff. And so basically, verbal diorama stems Mm. from that need and desire to know how things work. And so the research side is fascinating. And it's the most interesting part of what I do. But it's also that takes the longest time. So there's, yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, really. I enjoy it. But yeah, it takes a long time. What's the best advice someone's ever given you? I have been given a lot of advice in my life from a lot of different people. Real people, I mean, not like fake people. I don't know why, I, don't know why I'm, I'm justifying it that they weren't fake people. They were real people. Not robots. I don't know where that's come from. We don't, we're not into robot advice here. <laughs> I guess the best advice I've ever been given actually comes from a TV show. And it resonated with me so much that I actually got it in tattoo form to remind me every day. And the tattoo that I have is from a TV show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Actually, I'm going to say it is my favorite TV show ever. And I try, wherever I go, whatever I do, I try to do this. And the quote simply is, be brave, live. Oh, I love that. Just to remind me, whatever happens in life, just be brave, but most importantly, live your life. And yeah, that's always what I try to do. One of the reasons Verbal Diorama exists is because of be brave, live. I love that. I really, really love that. You put in so much work, and I really, really respect this about you, so much work into, and not not to directly plug the through line of your show, but to find out the history and legacy of movies you know yes. and movies you don't. 
Yeah. But like that's exactly it. I love that so so much about that. So if you're somebody that's like fascinated, especially by movie trivia, like how movies are made, how a movie gets from concept to page to screen, please listen to M's show. She's an absolute delight. You're an absolute treasure of a person. I adore you. You're coming back to live stream for the cure yes. next year and beyond because you have to. I said so. I'm a permanent fixture. <laughs> like, you can't get rid of me now. <laughs> I would not in a million years. Absolutely not. I'm so excited to make your version of macaroni and cheese and to kind of report back to you and let you know yes. how I came to it. Like how I liked it. I actually, so, and this was ages ago. Now I bought these little cocottes and they're just basically like little individual baking dishes. And I got them for French onion soup. But when I make mac and cheese, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to make like a base cheese sauce and I'm going to make, you know, cook my pasta, obviously. And then I'm going to take like, I think I'm going to get like some different types of crisps and I'm going to do like Okay. A couple different versions thereof. And maybe what I'll even do nice. is, you know, fold in like, because I've made mac and cheeses with like, I love a good sharp cheddar cheese. I love a good Gouda cheese too. Yeah. use a couple different types of cheeses as well, just so I can kind yes. of have a bunch of different things on on the plate in front of me. Please listen to M's show. Review her on Apple Podcasts because we all as content creators have to play that fun, super amazing algorithm game in order to grow. And nobody deserves to have more success in the realm of film podcasting, in the realm of film writing, because I know you write for film stories. And yeah, I do. And just in life in general, uh, you're such an amazing person. You're such a bright, amazing light. And I love talking to people that I love on this show. And that's you. So is there anything else that you want to throw at my listeners? Like if there's anything else that you want to plug or just whatever, the floor is yours. Oh my God. I mean, you've, you've said some lovely things about me that I have not paid you for yet. Although uh, the check is in the mail. I am just so delighted and honored to be here with you. You are one of my favorite people in the whole world. Just to kind of, you know, sit here and chat to you. We've been chatting for a few hours mm -hmm. now, all in all, in total. And honestly, I could sit here and chat to you for several more hours right? quite easily. <laughs> we just, you know, like when you meet a person and you just, you just, click and you just get on with that person straight yeah. away like you don't even need to have a conversation get to know that person you know you just you just meet someone you just click mm -hmm. and that's kind of what happened with us we just kind of got talking and we just clicked mm -hmm. like straight away and i i can't tell you how much i appreciate that because sometimes it's really difficult to you know find someone on your wavelength and someone who just gets mm -hmm. you um, and I, I just adore you so mm. much. You are one of the greatest people. Your podcast is amazing. It Thank literally, you. I'm not even joking. I listen to it. It calms me down when I've had a stressful day. I just put you on mm. and your voice genuinely it makes me feel so much better. I could have the most stressful day ever. You just have this way of like, just soothing me mm. and just making making the world just feel a little bit better. You say in every episode like that 
having a wonderful day and you know making sure that you are have, living your best life basically mm-hmm. and and I try and kind of take that advice and I'm just like yeah you know maybe things aren't brilliant with x or y right now but I need to listen to what Nick's saying and I need to you know mm. live my best life and you know try and make the best out of things and it just kind of perks me up a little bit to be mm. honest so I'm just so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful to be here and talking to you and to be on your podcast And because I'm genuinely such a fan. Oh. Um, and I can't wait for you to make the mac and cheeses. And I'm really, really jealous because I really want to be there. <laughs> I, I want to, because that's kind of one of the joys of food, isn't it? You make a dish for mm-hmm. someone and then you get to watch them eat it and you get to watch them enjoy it. That is my and favorite I'm so sad. thing ever. Love it. I, I'm so sad that I won't get to see you. I mean, you might eat it and go, <coughs> God, that's terrible. Oh, my God. Like, 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 what is that absolute crap that she's mm-hmm. made me make? But, oh, Jess is here. Hi, Jess. As well. You knew she was going to make another appearance before the end. You knew it. She, yeah, she was definitely, she's probably wondering where her food is. She's like, you're talking about food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here. Where's mine? <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the one thing. If I could wish anything, it would be for, for me to be in the room. You've, you've cooked these macaroni and cheeses and then to see you eat them and enjoy them mm. would, would be the icing on the cake. I'm sad that I can't do that, but I know that you're going to love my mac and cheese. I, I'm, I'm putting a stone cold guarantee there. I think you're going to love them. And yeah, I'm so excited to find out what you think. Because I want you to be honest, obviously. If you, if you hate them, then just let me know. But genuinely, I, I think they're going to rock your world. I'm... And Jess agrees. <laughs> Jess is like, yes, you will. I cannot, cannot, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to record this with me and for having me on Verbal Diorama. Um, again, that episode on Anchorman you are so welcome. is going to be out. You're welcome anytime. These will be out around the same time. Uh, this is going to be the start of season three of the show. I, I, I could not have, have, have shared the microphone today with a more amazing person. And thank you so much for, for all of the kind words about the show. I always... I love to talk about food and I love to put all this food stuff out there. But really, this journey is all about the positive energy too and about cutting negativity out of your life it's so easy to be so negative about so many things and i know that there's a lot of different things in the world that are just tough to deal with you know if we take the time to just be grateful for the amazing few things that we have in our life or like whatever different little things that we have around us and that's that's you you know i'm so so grateful to have such an amazing you know, such an amazing connection with this amazing person who lives across the pond and has a very vocal cat who loves to get in on all of her recordings. <laughs> you know, like it's all the different things in life and, and 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 all the negativity that can surround us at times. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm also grateful. I want to shout him out here and I'm going to hold up. I've even got this right in front of me here. I've even oh, got his book. I've got that too. Um, but it was because you were on Sam, Sam Hurley movie reviews and 20 Qs. You were on Sam's show. And that was the first time I ever heard about you. And I was like, I need to find out more about this person because it was such an amazing episode that you were on with him. I can't even remember what episode that was now. It was one of two. It would have been either Pacific Rim or The Mummy. I probably It probably had to have been The Mummy, right? I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we've 
we've known each other for so long, even though we haven't known each other that That's long, true. but I feel like we have. So, um, yeah, it, it would have been one of those. But yeah, I love Sam, love movie reviews and 20 Qs, and I love his book. By compliance. As well. Compliance. By compliance. Available in in uh, in all good uh, bookshops wherever you we'll are. A, we'll get a <laughs> we'll get a link to that Sam's down below. book for him. And Stacy, Stacy, I know it's it's now become a running joke on movie reviews and twenty Qs. He says every time Stacy's on that she'll be on yes. this show at some point. That's actually it will happen. Yeah, I must admit, I I am waiting for the Ginger Princess to show up on your podcast. I mean, because that. <laughs> it's i mean the show will just have to end at that point like i'll have hit like all of the most amazing people in the world like i already had exactly. heather and now i've got you and then i mean once once the ginger princess who could possibly follow that up who nobody no one absolutely no one no one could follow stacy keanu maybe keanu i mean if you get keanu on your podcast then you know whose number you're giving him right <laughs> like give him my number my address my vital statistics <laughs> literally everything <laughs> Oh my! I, I again, I am so so grateful to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love you. You are just such an amazing person, and I hope that you have like an absolutely amazing rest of your day. Thank you. I love you too, and thank you so much for having me. And and Jess says thanks as well, but she's being quiet now. So, <laughs> but if she if she was going to make a noise, she would say thanks as well because we both think that you're marvelous and. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy. This has been so much fun. So yeah, hit the show notes for links to all of M's vital statistics, Keanu, down in the show <laughs> notes. They're all down there because we know he's listening. So Obviously. follow her on social media. <laughs> Please subscribe to Verbal Diorama. Check out all the links down in the show notes for all of her information. As far as everybody out there that's listening, I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. Take a moment today and just breathe whatever's happening to you today whatever you're feeling today maybe you're not having the best day maybe you're having the best day of your life either way just take a moment today and just breathe remember to be grateful for the amazing people in your life the amazing connections in your life take a moment and just think about one amazing person that you know wherever they are in the world in the uk with a, a cat sitting on her desk <laughs> or lap or wherever jess is you know just thank you so so much everybody out there for listening and thank you so much for coming on this journey with me kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons thank you so much to m deb sam and chris and a very special thank you to my vip patrons krista jared caleb dan and bill learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash kitchen okay so i need uh like 15 seconds or so of silence I, you don't have to be quiet during this by the way this is just for my track <laughs>
Okay. Okay. But I'm going to be quiet for about 15 seconds or so. Okay. Nick's being quiet right now. You can't hear him, but you can hear me. Because I'm singing to Nicholas Haskins. Because I can and he's being really quiet. <laughs> You're literally the worst. <laughs> Literally the absolute worst. No, I'm the best. That is true. I think you you got the wrong word there. You mean best? You are absolutely the best. (laughs) Absolutely. I swear to you, I really did try. I had a good think on like, how could I come up with a Keanu reference to macaroni and cheese? (laughs) I really did try to think about it. um, Bless you. But I couldn't couldn't think of one, uh, unfortunately. But I, 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 it's got to be out there. Somebody, if you're listening to this, uh, hit hit, hit me up on social media. Keanu Reeves and mac and cheese. The only thing I came up with was like in the Matrix, there is no spoon. You use a spoon to eat mac and cheese sometimes. But that's like the most ridiculously like tenuous reference of all time. (laughs) I mean, I will tell you that... For mine and Keanu's future first date, which will happen, I'm pretty certain, when that man agrees to date me, I am going to make him mac and cheese. That is the obligatory Keanu reference for this episode. Perfect. I will make him mac and cheese on our first date. And obviously he will fall madly in love with me then. So winner, winner all around. We get excellent food and he'll fall in love with me. So that's the plan. It'll go pretty much the same way as um, your show did. <laughs> because it's, you know, that's how podcasts work. Yeah, that is how podcasts work. I'm glad that we both understand how podcasts work because let's be honest, if we didn't, this would be an absolute disaster. I, I, I have the vaguest understanding of it and like, bar- like barely, barely. <laughs> I, I cobble it together like for duct tape, sticks, and mud, basically. Like Same. it's just a <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Same. Welcome everyone to uh, God. So sometimes my sometimes my my kickoffs are just so st- I feel so stilted doing them. So I'm just like Jesus. Ah, uh, okay. Welcome everyone. <laughs> Welcome everyone. Welcome to Nikolai's kitchen. Are oh, you sorry, hungry? Is this Nikolai's kitchen or Bane's kitchen? <laughs> Welcome to my kitchen. Classic this plane. God, I love him. Okay. 